0: everyone welcome back to another episode of these are the valleys y'all gonna have to excuse my voice i just kind of shed a couple tears to refiner by maverick city music as it was setting the tone for today's episode so y'all know we about to be getting into it if you heard that song before if you haven't I give you full permission to stop this podcast. Go check it out. It is like 12 minutes long. Y'all know, having ma- Ooh, y'all know how Maverick City music do. So, um, you know, just check that out and then come back because I do believe it sets the tone for this episode. If not, just go ahead and check it out after this because same difference. So one of the things that God has been walking me through this week is just a really convicting message about how I've been blending in. Okay, so this is for those of us who have found comfort in blending in with the world. Um, And just to get straight to the point, it's for me out of a fear of not being accepted by the world. And this is something that God is continuously pointing out to me throughout the last week and really just driving home. And um, he's put it on my heart to share with y'all because I believe that there are a number of us who maybe weren't completely living according to God's word our entire lives, maybe newly saved, or if you were like me, you've been saved your whole life, but you just decided to go buck wild like you didn't care Um, at some point, in some way, shape, or form, whatever buck wild looks like for you, because buck wild is a relative. Um, And now you've come back kind of like the prodigal son story in the Bible and God has welcomed you with open arms, but it's been really hard for you to let go of that old lifestyle or some of the old habits. I think for me, I've been really great about shedding some of my old skin, but there's still some that truthfully I'm still clinging on to. I'm still really struggling with cursing. I still like to have a drink here and there. And sometimes I have one too many, um, to the point of like, you know, drunkenness, I've been really good about being decisive to not be drunk when I do drink just to drink just you know for a social drink or just that you know get a small little buzz but not to the point of drunkenness so um just things like that have been really convicting for me and if I'm gonna be completely transparent y'all like you know your girl your girl used to zibble and dabble in a Mary Jane here and there (laughs) Let me not even lie, y'all. Me and Mary Jane was best friends at a point. Best friends. Now we like, you know, those friends from high school that you don't really talk to anymore. But like when you see them, it's good vibes. That's how me and her are. And, you know, I'm just, God is still working on me. God is still working on me. I'm being very transparent right now. So um, those are a couple of things that I've really been struggling with. But the problem is not that I've been struggling with those things, or at least that is, a problem, but it's not the problem I'm talking about today. The issue I'm talking about today is not our inability to let those things go, but the reason why we don't want to let those things go. Some things God genuinely has to give us a real hand with. It may be addiction or things like that, but to be honest, some of these things are a conscious choice. Um, I'll give y'all an example. So I model coordinate for fashion shows in Atlanta. Some of them will like literally hire me to come teach our models how to walk, um, to make sure there's some uniformity on the runway, to get them lined up, get them ready for each designer, things like that. Coordinate the models, duh. One of the models asked me um, during our photo shoot for this fashion show, she was like, hey girl, um, you know, what do you do? Like Jazz, what you be doing? And I was like, what you mean? And I knew what she meant. But, you know, sometimes you just want people to say it because it's just better when they say it. You know what I mean? And I was like, what you mean? And she was like, you know what you do. And she was like, you be drinking. I was like, you know, I don't really get drunk like that no more. Like, I don't really see a point in that. And she was like, oh, okay. And just the tone of her voice kind of made me feel it kind of way. I'm I'm being so transparent, y'all. It might be stupid to some of y'all like, why does that make you feel some kind of way? But listen, I'm the type of person that had to, God had to deal with me in having FOMO, the fear of missing out. And I, back in high school and things like that, I would want to be accepted by literally everyone. Like I was the type of person that talked to every kind of person in high school and I wanted to be accepted by everyone. I mean, let's be for real. Most of us do want to be accepted by everyone. We know it's not the reality, but it's something we I mean, it would be great if everybody accepted us. So I've had to walk through those types of things. And in that moment, I was kind of like, oh, you know, she's kind of riding me off. It's like this goody two shoes. But one thing about me, it's, it's almost like I was playing this card as this, as if like a, ha, you thought you knew me, but you don't. I also smoke. I also drink. I also, you know what I mean? And so in that moment, I was like, you know, but I, you know, I hit a little something, you know, no, nah, nah. and she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I knew you did something, girl. I knew you was like, you wasn't doing nothing, blah. blah, blah. I was like, yeah, girl, ha, ha, ha. And instant conviction. As soon as I turned around, <laughs> as soon as I turned around, condemnation slapped me in the head because it was like, why did you have to do that? Why are you trying to please her? Why are you trying to please the people of the world to make them feel like you're like them, right? And I think that on the surface, I could try to justify it and try to be like, well, you know, when people feel like they can relate to you, they can come to you about the things of God and da 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 and nobody wants to feel condescended to these days. And I'm just doing it so I can have, you know, a, a, a bridge of conversation and relatability so that in the future, if she ever needs something from me, if she needs prayer, da-da-da, she gonna feel comfortable coming to me. Honestly, y'all, I'm going to call BS on that. I'm going to call BS on that. I really am because that is a lie and a trick of the enemy. Oh, yeah. You need to be doing the exact same thing as them in order for them to come to Christ. I was listening to his podcast called Truth Over Tribe. It was like their second episode, their first episode. They have like 70 something. I'm just, just starting to get into it. And he was like, why would anyone want to be Christian when Christians are doing the exact same thing? that the pagans are doing, that the people who are non-believers are doing? What benefit is Christianity really giving you if your lifestyle and my lifestyle look exactly the same? If someone is in a place in their life where they're looking for help, they're looking for change, they're looking to be a different person, they're looking to transform, which is what a lot of people come to Christ for, why would they go to a religion that you represent when you look exactly like the life they're trying to get away from. We have got to stop tricking ourselves and try to justify to ourselves, trying to appease the world, okay? Because that is just, it's it's stupid. It's stupid, y'all. It's dumb. So let's further get into this. We cannot serve two masters. The Bible talks about this specifically in regard to money, but it talks about this several times how you cannot love the world and love God. You cannot be of the world and of God. The two do not mix, right? They do not mix. And um, this just really relates. People cannot be your master. Public opinion cannot be your master. Being well-liked and accepted cannot be your master. We have to understand that in this Christian lifestyle, we may not be the most popular person in the room. And that has to be okay. It's a hard truth. It's a true, It's a rough and tough and fat pill to swallow, but it is the actual truth about what we represent. When you look at the word and you look at the Bible, most people in the Bible were not even liked by the people around them. <laughs> they were heavily disliked people, okay? Especially if you wanna talk about the early church, these people were persecuted, like stoned, cut in half, beheaded, hung on a cross, like, thank God that in America, we don't have those types of persecutions, that level of persecution for us. You know, the worst that you might get is dirty looks or people not really wanting to talk to you or people, um, you know, making shady comments like you're a goody two shoes or this, that, and the third. But y'all, first of all, compare this to what they had to go through, compare this to what Jesus had to go through. And we need some perspective. Even though suffering is relative, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to make your life seem small just because Jesus went through more. (laughs) But what I am trying to say is in the grand scheme of things, we can see from reading this Bible that these things are to be expected and they cannot stop you from. They should not stop you from pursuing God and pursuing sanctification. So. What I want to talk about is why sanctification is more important or should be more important, should be the focus for us over salvation. It's great that you're saved. It's great that you already accepted Jesus into your heart. It's great that your eternity is secure. Now what? The Bible talks about in the New Testament, walking out our salvation. Okay. Showing our faith by our deeds. James talks about. Um, So What I'm proposing to us is that we kind of start undoing. I know it's easier said than done, but undoing this thought process that we need to look like the people around us in order to one, evangelize to them, which is crazy, or two, just to be happy, right? And (laughs) actually, I'm just going to stop the sentence there. There's nothing else. That's it. You don't have to relate to evangelize and you don't have to relate to be happy period point blank God has promised us peace God has promised us joy right God has promised to prosper us not to harm us and so what 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 does the world offer that God is not already given tenfold this reminds me of something that I constantly say all the time and I always point out about Jesus being tested in the wilderness I believe in nope let me not even try to list the book child I don't know where it's at I think it's in Matthew but that could be wrong. It said Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. How about that? (laughs) And Jesus is tested in the wilderness. And what's crazy to me every time when I read this story is I have the revelation that Satan was only offering things to a cheap knockoff of what Jesus already had. He was offering to Jesus a cheap knockoff of what he already had. His biggest proposal was to show Jesus the entire city or world as far as the horizon can see, right? Or as far as your eyes can see the whole horizon. And be like, all this could be yours if you bow down to me. What a demotion. He is king of kings, lords of lords, huh? Creator of the universe, huh? Seated at the right hand of the father. Are you kidding me? This little bitty city, half y'all and family, family, half of y'all in famine, half of y'all in poverty. Y'all ain't showering nor bathing. Y'all walking around the sandals. Y'all ain't got no cause. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Like, be so for real with the son of God right now. Be so for real with him. Because, huh, there is nothing you could offer him that he does not already have tenfold. And we have to remember that whatever the world seems to be offering to us, we already have that tenfold. These same people that I go to such lengths to impress or to relate to, I don't really even care about. You know, I care about them, you know, as much as a Christian should, (laughs) and as much as the model coordinator should. But beyond that, these are not my nearest and dearest friends. These are not my family. And even if they were, so what? But even further to my point, these are not even people that I would even be remotely inclined to impress. You know what I mean? Like, my goodness, sometimes we have to look at our actions and just realize how foolish they are compared to the goodness of God, because it just really pales in comparison. My third point here is that standing in God's truth does and will pay off. Okay, it pays to be pure. And we're going to get into that at the end of the episode. It pays to be pure. The things that God advises us is not to restrict us and to keep us away and just to, you know, make our lives harder and more difficult or make us pariahs. That's not God's intention. God does these things intentionally to benefit us. One of the benefits of not succumbing to drunkenness is guess what? Your liver is functioning. (laughs) That's a good thing, right? You don't have bloating in the morning, right? You won't be blacked out, drunk, putting yourself in safety risks. You know what I mean? Like, this is actually a very helpful thing to do. If you never got drunk, these are things that you could avoid, which is beautiful. Sex before marriage. Some of the benefits include, of course, child, we got STIs running all over the place over here, child in Atlanta, Highest HIV rate in the nation. Hello. Um, You're protecting yourself from that. You're protecting yourself from unplanned pregnancies. Even more real than that, you're protecting yourself emotionally and spiritually from the influence of a person who God did not align you to be with. How many times do we have heartbreaks or we fall out with people or we just no longer cool with somebody and we see that guy that we used to sleep with and we just have to walk past him and act like nothing's happening. But our blood pressure is going through the roof type stuff. You know what I mean? These are things we literally would not have to deal with if we did not get in bed with people before we, we you know, committed our lives together before Christ. Um, Even if you want to get into uh gossiping that's one that is really hard my goodness oh that one is hard (laughs) gossiping you know how many friends you might still have if they didn't hear you talking about them behind their back right how many people's lives and characters wouldn't have been dragged through the mud if we weren't gossiping about them and incorrectly spreading things that not that are not even true? Or how many times we jumped the gun to tell somebody somebody else's business, but that wasn't even a whole story? Do you see how all these things create consequential problems? And how in keeping yourself from them, there is a benefit, right? And so it's not even just about pleasing God, which is a great thing. But even beyond that, God is giving us benefits on this earth. There is wisdom in what God has intended for us, the lifestyle that God has intended for us. So we just need to start looking at it like that. Like there are benefits to every single thing God commands us to do and not do. He is a wise God. He is a good God. He's a loving God, a caring God. So we have to trust him more, right? We have to trust him more than we're currently doing. Like I said before, scoffers are to be expected though. You know what I mean? Those people that do talk about you and call you a goody two shoes or don't invite you places because you're not gonna smoke or drink or you know, party with them or those guys that don't wanna talk to you because you don't wanna put out or whatever it is, it's gonna happen. You're going to be excluded in some way, shape or form. And that has to be okay. You also have to realize that It's almost like straining strain when you strain rice and water, you're keeping the good and letting go of the rest, right? You don't want water uh you don't want rice with a bunch of water in it. Right? And that is currently the life that we are living. Rice with water. But when we strain that out, we get to see how good the rice actually is. I don't know why I don't know why this is the analogy, y'all. I have no idea why this is my analogy. I don't know. It's the first thing that came to my head. But y'all get what I'm saying. Every single person isn't for you anyway. Every opportunity isn't for you anyway. And I think that... It would make it a lot easier for those of us who struggle with knowing what God's will is if we went ahead and just eliminated those types of possibilities and opportunities in the first place. You wouldn't have to wonder whether or not that guy was your husband if you let him know that you are waiting for marriage and he dipped anyway. Perfect. Now, you know, it's not that guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? If we stuck to the moral high ground that God has given us, the standard and the code of ethics and lifestyle that he's given us. A lot of things will be easier to discern. Yeah, I feel like this is the Holy Spirit revelation right now because I never thought about it this way. Sometimes we're struggling with trying to discern which way to go because we have given ourselves opportunities that God has not. Oh, Lord, let me come up off of that. Let me come up off of that. That's a little spicy. I'm gonna go back and listen to this part because this is really good. Um, and then lastly, I had put that there is beauty and purity. y'all. We have to stop seeing purity as lameness. I know that has been like in my brain. I don't know if that's just me, if that was just the environment that I grew up in and with, but purity and consecration are beautiful. Part of what drew people toward ancient Israelites um, or to God's early church was the way that they lived. They were different from everyone else. When people would insult them, they wouldn't say anything back. They would love them. They would clothe them, feed them, give them water if they were thirsty. Those same people that were insulting them. And that is so drastically different from the world that we live in, y'all. The world is only getting more and more sinister. So we should get more and more sanctified. If we continue to blend in, God has no soldiers. God has no help. Not to say that he needs our help, but he has decided to partner with us in this thing called earth, in this thing called life, in this thing called humanity. So he has no help because you deciding you want to walk the line like a tightrope. Like, y'all, I've used this analogy before. Oil and water don't mix. But you know where oil and water mix? In fire. I'm going to leave that right there. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't have to go there. You know what? Every couple episodes I got to make a reference because it's the it's the reality. It's the reality. This is what we believe. <laughs> Somebody got to say it. <laughs> and I'm the one with the microphone. <laughs> oh my goodness, y'all. I think I would like to end this episode a little differently than the rest. I think I would like to end this in prayer for our purification and our sanctification and just our hearts overall. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for another wonderful episode. Thank you so much for each and every person listening today, tomorrow, the day after that, or whenever you would have them meet this podcast, Father God. I pray that you open their ears and their heart and their eyes, Father God, to see the truth in today's message, to see the truth in your word, Father God. I thank you right now that you would work on every single person's hearts, Father God. Lead us to a life of purity. Lead us to a life of continued sanctification. We know we're not going to be perfect, Father God, but help us to progress day by day knowing that you are our finish line, Father God. I thank you right now that the word says that you are author and perfecter of our faith, Father God. So I thank you that over time as we continue to seek you and press into you and be convicted by you, that we will be perfected over time, Lord. I thank you so much for your word that it continues to show us where the line is, that it continues to challenge us, to uh, force us to evolve, force us to improve, Father God, force us to face ourselves in the mirror lord so i just thank you right now that each and every person that is under the sound of my voice today tomorrow or whenever father god is able to truly receive the message that sanctification is more important than salvation or it's as important as salvation father god it's in the name of jesus that i do pray amen all right y'all i don't know what it looks like from the mountaintop just yet but for now these are the values bye